The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another super duper exciting episode. And today in the house, I've got Dr. Brian Clement. He's one of the directors of the Hippocrates Health Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hippocrates has been around for over 60 years. They are one of the oldest alternative health institutes in the world. And they just happen to be the place where I started my entire transformation. Dr. Clement, thanks for being on today. Nice to be with you. Yes, awesome. So I just I want to jump right into this because I know you're limited on time, and I want to get the backstory on Brian before you started helping everybody. Like, what were you doing? How did you become a part of Hippocrates, and then how did you end up where you're at today? And talk about your own health too, because I know you had some health challenges. Sure, I was at university and studying science, biology, etc., and uh, was severely overbeast. My late teens, of course and uh, smoking cigarettes and stoned on grass and, and uh, was very fortunate, uh, ran into somebody who knew there was a better way. And uh, she encouraged me to eat plant-based food. And back then it was called vegetable food. And, and I did that and she guided me in other areas and lost 120 pounds. And uh, it was a pretty rapid transition. So between the ages of 19 and 21, uh, I lost all of the weight and my whole attitude about life changed and transformed. And she then said, well, you have to work in this field. And it was very difficult as it still is today to get a formal education in progressive healthcare. Uh, you can get naturopathic degrees that are sort of antiquated and as I have one of those. And you can get uh, PhDs in nutrition, which I have one of those. Uh, but, you know, there's nobody sitting down really doing the kind of work that we've been doing since 1956 here that really talks about the state of the state of the arts, you know, where medicine is going to move in, in the future. And uh, once you are on the path or the train, as I say, to constant renewal and knowledge that you never become static, that your health always improves, always expands. And as we know, everyone's going to age, like it or not, there is an end at some point, but it's how we get there. And do we have to do it with pain? Do we have to do it with suffering? Uh, do we have to do it with fear? And do we have to feel that we're out of the loop as we, as we mature? And the answers are no uh, to all of those questions. Uh, you can be vital and should be vital as many of the indigenous people are until they pass at 100, 105, 110 years old. And when you say that in a Western media like we are right now, you know, people think it's tongue in cheek. Uh, but the truth of the matter is we self-impose on ourselves every limitation that we have. So even your biological problems come from your own imposition. Uh, your psychological problems are really the core of all of this. 
where if you don't believe in yourself, you don't understand, you don't think that you have the energy or the desire to grow and to develop, you won't. And all of this adds up to being a life of happiness and health or not. I mean, I was destined to have diabetes as my entire family did. Uh, die an early death as my 50-year-old brother did of, of fatty liver disease. He ate himself into the grave. And it's ironic, he could have come and stayed with me at the world's uh, most impressive institute. He could have come here and stayed. But rather than that, he, uh, his best friend was the refrigerator. And every time I wanted to talk to him, I ended up in the kitchen. <laughs> so the truth is, it's your choice either to be healthy and happy. I mean, today we were having a conference and I was talking about uh, many disorders they call diseases that are not diseases, like heart disease. Heart disease is not a disease. Diabetes is not a disease. These are, again, are choices you have. Uh, even cancer, to a great part, you could prevent uh, by living a life of integrity. Yeah, absolutely. So when, <sighs> thanks for sharing that. I know it's, it's crazy to me that I keep running into these people that in their early 20s, like you, you're kind of like some of the elders of this whole movement that somehow stumbled across somebody or had the wherewithal, like I was talking to you about Jill earlier, like she decided to just heal herself from cancer. Her body was riddled with it. And she knew that the United States wasn't a place. And she moved to Peru and lived on $5 a day and got sunshine and fresh foods and heals herself. Yes. Right. And you did this. So you guys amaze me because I don't think I would have been able to change unless, you know, you know, my story with Charles and how we went to see you guys. And I just went to support him. I had no idea what I was getting into. Somebody like me would have been a very hard sell to even walk into that place if it wasn't for a good friend. So I want to commend you for, for making those changes early on in life and then sticking with it now for over 40 years and not stopping. And I know there's been a lot of attacks um, from what you've dealt with with uh you know big government stuff so can you just get into like what's the basic like what kind of when somebody comes to hippocrates and they do the three-week life transformation program just get into the basics of like what kind of liquids are they going to be drinking what kind of foods they're going to be and what's the experience like well let's start with the most basic liquid water that's purified to a distilled level you know you, all kind of mythology out there today still where they tell you need minerals and mineral water to get minerals. You don't get minerals. You get hardening of the arteries, get more strokes. You get more heart attacks. Uh, just like if you have uh, hard water in a specific region of the world, you're going to see more heart attack. Well, it's the same thing. You're going to put those in your pipes, your ventricles, your capillaries, etc. cetera. Uh, then again, the juices we make are all completely pressed fresh and raw, not pressed an hour before or 10 minutes before, but immediately. And it's in great part something that most people never juice, the most powerful plants on the earth called sprouts. And when I say the most powerful plants, most of you don't know what a sprout is. And if you do, you think of an alfalfa sprout. Every seed, every nut, every grain and every bean can be grown into a sprout. Uh, gorilla, the strongest creature in the world, that's what they choose to eat in nature. They'll grab a plant, take the root out, clean it, and eat the root of the plant, knowing that that's the epicenter or the foundation of nutrition. And it has the strongest medicine, the highest protein, the highest vitamins, minerals right there in that sprout. 
<clears throat> and when you juice it, remember, you can take a pound or two pounds of this and juice it and drink it. The astronomical amount of micronutrients and enzymes and life force that you get in that just pretty much enhance the body's uh, reserve of nutrition, but more so increase the electromagnetic frequency that governs a person's vitality and prevention of the damage that we call disease and aging. Yeah, yeah, I know that I experienced that when I went there. I was thinking, how the, how could this little podunk place be helping people heal themselves with cancer? I mean, it didn't even make sense because my mind was like the media, and I know like I saw presidents you know giving speeches and stuff about trying to cure cancer, and there's <laughs> pink ribbons everywhere. And then all the money's going for genetic research and billions is spent on this stuff. So I'm thinking, how could this place be helping people? But as I was interviewing everybody around the Institute, they were telling me stories of how they healed and how they were back and now bringing a friend or the people there had been there for two weeks um, that they were starting the healing process. They were feeling better. And then, you know, there was other people that were like us that just showed up off the fresh off the boat. We were all like deers in a headlight. But um, all of you guys that were working there looked about 15 to 20 years younger than your age. So that said it to me. It was like proof was in the pudding. But then I got to experience it myself. And I'm like, it was so simple. All we would do is we just followed the system. We woke up in the morning. We went over to Wigmore Hall. We drank the lemon lime water. And then we um, went to work out. We got a workout in. And um, then we would uh, go – oh, excuse me. We grab a shot of wheatgrass. And then we would, um, then we'd go get our, our green juices. We drink a couple of those. Then we go to the pools, take saunas, do all that stuff. And then we'd eat these living food salads, which were basically all sprouts, broccoli sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, sunflower sprouts, pea sprouts, sprouted nuts, seeds, beans, and, and sauces made out of sprouted seeds and nuts. And, and um, I was freaked out because I never had not had a meal without meat. And so I piled my plate like super high the first day and I could only literally eat half of it. And I felt terrible because I was like throwing it kind of away in the garbage. I mean, I felt horrible. Like I was wasting food because that's how I was growing up. You finish your plate, but I couldn't eat anymore. And then by Wednesday, I couldn't eat anything. I wasn't even hungry. And it was, I, I couldn't even understand what was going on. I had all these, I have headaches and detoxing. And then I woke up on Thursday or Friday and I felt like I was 19 again. And I've never looked back, Brian. I've absolutely never looked back and I've just, I started growing sprouts like crazy in my house and they are some of the most powerful foods. And I put thousands of people on sprouts locally and they've literally uh, brought their, brought themselves back to life too and sprout juices. So um, it's really just a simple concept. All you're doing is you're just plugging people back into nature and letting nature run its course with the immune system. Correct. Right. But it's, it's a big undertaking as you know, because we have habitual uh, patterns in our life and, it starts with the fact that hopefully as I did, and I know you did, you had loving parents that really cared for you. They were great for you. They supported you. But those loving parents were the first uh, corruptors. That they were the ones that said, eat meat, it makes you strong. You know, take milk, it builds your bones. And so that's a big hurdle to get over. And most people don't realize that. So this is why psychotherapy is a big part of it. We've got to get people back to the origins of their power, the origins of who they are. And when you do that, it liberates them to act normal and not feel awkward. As you pointed out, the body's very forgiving. You know, here you are eating nothing but bad food, overweight, toxic. That's why you're sick when you first come here. And within four days, 
you literally transform to a different level of awareness. But it's not a different level, it's the original level. You've actually blown the dust off, taken the smudge off, and the authentic you arrives. And once the authentic you arrives, you never leave. The real trick is to be comfortable with that you because it's so uniquely different than everyone else in the world that it can feel awkward, that you can be an outcast, that friends and families and relationships are challenged because people are used to pressing your buttons in a particular way and you press them back, but now your buttons have been rearranged or you don't even have buttons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's even worse. They start pressing and you're not reacting. So it, it takes a lot more than just the change in diet. It takes a change in consciousness, a change in self-realization, and most important, a development of self-respect that you're unwilling to compromise. Not because you're inflexible, because you have become ultimately flexible. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, looking back on it now, it looks like, like I've been doing this work for 10 years, living the lifestyle for 10 years. And it's like the food and the water and drink this and do that, wheatgrass and sprouts and do this. That's the easy stuff. Yes. That becomes the easy stuff. How important is it for someone dealing with stage four something to get their attitude right? And how do you guys help them with that? Because I think that's number one. Like for me, the, the, the food's changed everything and then opened my mind. But I think it's really important that, that people have to get their attitude right. Because I've seen the people that, the ones that always make it are the yeah. ones that look at the disease as a blessing and they get excited about it and they're grateful for it and they get really excited. So how do you, how do you get somebody's attitude right at Hippocrates and help them with that? Well, of course, we do very much progressive psychotherapy. Every one of our guests are afforded that, but we use in our energy medicine department uh, the latest technology that is in quite great part born out of Harvard. And so when you can put people into a state of relaxation, it activates your immune function to fight cancer and any other disease, be it a virus or be it a cancer. And ultimately, we guide people to recognize that nobody can heal them. Uh, this week, we begin our comprehensive cancer program. Uh, our colleague and, and friend, Dr. Ranaki runs that. She is a, the leading expert alive today in visualization work to reverse cancer. And it is remarkable to watch as these programs unfold, how much different a person who's going through that program deals with their disorder versus a person who's not doing that mind work. And if you can't see yourself well and concretely develop a mission that is absolutely the only thing that you concern yourself with, the saving of yourself, uh, you're not going to make it. And it, everything starts with a vision. Remember this, you know, when people, I'm talking to people here on the campus, as you know, we have 60 acres here. It's a tropical paradise. But the fact of the matter is, I walk people around and I say, I had a vision of what that building would look like before we built it, before there was a plan, before there was an app. But that's nothing special. I'm no different than you. 
I'm no different than anyone else out there. We all have visions. The problem most of us have, we have visions without accomplishment. And that makes you feel worse about yourself and bad about yourself and a slacker. And the more you do that, the more you put burden on you and to such a point that that can create cancers and other diseases. If you are a realist who has authenticity within your heart and soul, you'll create realistic visions that you accomplish and acknowledge and then grow them and grow them to a point where you'll be able to achieve heroic things that you never thought were possible just a month or a year or 10 years ago. Yeah. 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 I actually experienced that yesterday. Um, we, we hit an all time high sales goal yesterday and it was more in one day than I used to do in a month when I first got started. You know, great. Congratulations. I'm like, Oh yeah. I was like, okay, great. We need the revenue because we have all these extra expenses. We're growing, we're expanding, move on. And I said, now, wait a minute this is a big deal. I mean, I should pause for a moment and celebrate. I'm like, I didn't have anybody to go celebrate with at that moment. So I went to the store and got a raw coconut water. <laughs> Good for you. I don't know that's, let me tell you, that's living it up for me. <laughs> I know. Here we put, we pick them from the trees. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty special on Wednesdays when you guys hand out the raw coconuts. I was just like, Oh my God, give me some of that. It was so good. Exactly. <laughs> Freaking out. Yeah. It was bad. I, I thought it was bad enough when I got there. There's no meat, no dairy, no salt, no sugar. And then on Wednesdays they're like, Oh, we're not, you don't eat anything. It's fasting. Day. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are they doing to me? But now <laughs> I realize how powerful fasting is. And that was the, the day that you actually taught the fasting class. And, you know, I've used your analogy a lot, which is, and it's really helped. Um, some of my clients, especially ones with cancer, that, you know, you treat us like little eggs when you show up and, and you take us and you throw us way up in the air as high as you can. And then and we come down and hit the concrete and crack. And that's where the healing begins. And, and, and talk about that. Talk about the taking the food away as the food being the dope that's holding down the emotions, because this is something I work with my clients with big time. And it's crazy. Like when I'm interviewing people, wow, 60 to 70% of them have severe childhood traumas where mom is a drug addict and her boyfriends are coming over and molesting the child, whether it's a boy or a girl or dad threw him through a roof or, or over, off a roof or over a fence or through a window or beat him or was an alcoholic. And can you speak to that? Well, you, you think about how, the blessing that you and I had. I mean, that we didn't have that, that we had parents that we trusted and they trusted us. Yeah. Uh, but you're correct that more than half the people I, years ago, of course, we have ongoing need to take classes to keep our credits up as, and our license. Uh, 85 to 90% of the people that are drug addicts and alcohols have trauma. What they don't do is tell you that those same people end up with heart attacks and diabetes from eating the wrong food and cancers and mental illness. And in the case of child molestation, what, what's most appalling to me, whenever they catch these molesters, they say, well, I was molested. Well, to you and I, rational people, we say, well, jit, that should be the reason you don't do that. Mm -hmm. but again, unless you work out those issues. So to answer your question, uh, when somebody's calling you and you're counseling them, and you're not a psychologist, but you've seen the pattern, uh, as I have, what you really have to do is lead those people back to resolve that before you can even vaguely expect them to change their diet and stick to it. Yep. They get on an exercise program. The number one saboteur in your life is unresolved issue. Period. 
That's it. Your life, my life, and anyone's life. Now, the good news is that many of us don't have a lot, but as you pointed out, well over half do. And why do people fall into the junk food syndrome? Why do people fall into the lazy, I'm getting fat, or I'm anorexic, or I'm bulimic syndrome? Because the image of who they are to themselves is so diminished that they believe that they're withered flowers rather than you know, a, a bouquet in spring. And that's the difference. Uh, your, your view of who you are determines your life and how much it is abundantly good or how horribly bad it is. All struggle is perception, remember that. For you, struggle may be one thing, for me another. I may think your struggle is a challenge. You may think my struggle is a challenge. And the work that we've developed here over the last seven decades at Hippocrates is one that we comprehensively help people become themselves. And when you become yourself, of course you want the correct fuel, but it's not the only issue. Uh, what you really all want, you and I and every other human being, nine billion nearly people on the planet now, is you want to love and be loved. Now, to really love and to be loved, you have to love who first? Yourself. You yeah, you can't give or something. I've, I've loved self, not to say yourself, because yeah. that applies self. I and, and, exactly. and me, which is two. And you, that's where the problem starts when you have two views yeah. of yourself. It's just, it's one thing, it's self. Right. It's not two people, not you, your, it's me, yep. self, it's the self. And when you really develop the self that's already there, as I pointed out earlier, you don't have to work hard at this. You know, what angers me is you get into these psychiatrists and psychologists trips and they're talking to you for 30 years and you're still sick talking about the same shit. You know, yeah. time that we stop that stuff. You know, I said to the psychotherapists that work with me, you have three weeks to save these people's lives. So you can't be talking forever and talking in circles and making these people feel impotent. You've got to empower these people. And that's what can be done. We see it, as you know. We saw your best friend heal a catastrophic cancer that is called incurable. Mm -hmm. We saw many other people. You have a person here right now from, from Oregon that I'm sure she's going to be well. I just saw today, she got it. Up until today, she was sort of in her head, asking a lot of questions. Today, her eyes opened up and the light shined in and shined out. And she came to herself. It's not that we did anything, because we can't heal. Nobody can heal you. Somebody that tells you they're going to heal you, they're a con artist, let me tell you right now. Or they're delusionary, or they're an intellectual, or they're stuck on their own credential. The best we can do, those of us who are really, 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 really good at what we do, is lead you back to you and encourage you and love you and support you so you love yourself and heal yourself and become a participatory member of the human race. My ulterior motive is that if we don't have more humans on the earth, we're going to have more and more and more problems. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. Well, hey, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, um, I wanted to get into the health of your kids yeah. and them growing up because the proof's in the pudding here. So we'll take a quick break, guys, and we'll be right back. 
What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. Yes, we have the best detox and nutrition products on the planet, but if you want to speed up your results faster, we offer coaching, private one-on-one coaching and private group coaching. To schedule your free 30-minute health strategy session, $197 value, simply go to chemicalfreebody.com forward slash coaching. That's chemicalfreebody.com forward slash coaching. Okay, we're back with Dr. Brian Clement from the Hippocrates Health Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, Dr. Clement, uh, we've just been chatting about, you know, your story. You were super overweight. You lost all the weight when you were in your late teens, early 20s, which is remarkable to me that you did this weight. I mean, that was back in the 70s, right? It was. This is my 50th year doing the work, so 1969, 70. Yeah, so not a lot of people were, you're really stepping outside of the bounds of what social norms were back then. <laughs> um, we've talked about the Life Transformation Program. We know it's raw living foods and raw living juices and stuff like that. But the main underlying thing was helping people to get their attitude right, get the emotions up so they can deal with them, reframe them, and use them to empower themselves to heal and to, to teach people so they can look in the mirror and realize that the only person that's going to heal them is self. That's it's not in what you guys do. And what we try to do is just create a container for them to allow this to happen and support and love them. So, you know, so they can accomplish this without, you know, all the negativity around uh, making change today. That's so true. now what I want to get into is, okay, somebody might be saying, well, you know, I've been eating meat and I'm fine or whatever, or, um, you know, I dairy and all this stuff. So you have actually raised four children. And I know your wife had your last child, Blake, when she was what, 49? Uh, mid forties. Yes. Mid forties. So not, not a lot of women have kids in their mid forties. And so what diet did you raise the kids on? It's probably the same thing. And then what was it like for them? Like, did they get colds and flus? And if they did, how long? And, and what was, and how was their health? Well, I have four children. They're all grown. The youngest one you just mentioned is in his early 20s. Uh, he's our baby. He's in medical school now in Sweden hmm. and at the top school in Europe studying. Uh, never been sick a day. My other three children from 40 years old to down to their 30s, never sick a day. They never missed a day of school. Uh, never? Never missed one day of school being sick. Uh, uh, eight grandchildren, it's the same path with them. And we take for granted, I mean, in my youth, I was out of school probably several weeks every year. I had ongoing soda fountain sniffles. That was constant. I thought that was normal. Everyone thought it was normal. And, uh, and you know, colds and flus and all of the things that kids get uh, were expected. And so because they were expected, you got them. But if you don't support the body with nutrition and movement and exercise and healthy air and clean water, uh, what do we anticipate? You know, it was only a few generations ago, everyone had those things. Everyone ate organic food. Uh, the advent of non-organic sprayed, chemically sprayed food was really only after the Second World War. Uh, even synthetic clothing came after the Second World War. Then they really went bonkers. They put genetic modification where your tomatoes, if they're not organic, have fish genes in it. If you eat pork, they have human genes in it. 
And people don't realize the bizarre things that are going on. And no wonder today we're the sickest we've ever been in the history of man. The Madison Avenue propaganda machines that they have the millions to pay the pharmaceuticals and the food industry have you all believing on truths. They have you telling we live longer than we've ever lived. Complete a lie. As a matter of fact, even the Center for Disease Control says for the first time in history, our babies born today will die five years sooner than their parents. Today, in the last five years, the life expectancy has fallen three to four years. And they lied at the beginning because back in the early part of the 20th century, 100 years ago or so, uh, there was a lot of death at birth. It's called infant mortality. Now, we can't say all modern medicine's bad. What modern medicine brought is diagnostic tools so we could see if the baby had an umbilical cord around its neck before we try to give a natural birth or they were breached, turned the wrong way. And so we've saved a lot. And we've, in most modern countries, have wiped out or dramatically minimized. Uh, the sad part of that story is in the poorest places in America, they still have a high incidence of mortality, but not like it was. Think about this. Uh, families were large. They were 10, 15 children. And the average family... Uh, lost before they were one year old about a quarter of the children. So when you take death at birth and people living to 100, to make this oversimplified, the life expectancy would have been 50. Now we wipe out infant mortality, it moves up to the 70s, and we say it's modern medicine that takes credit for that. No. And why now are we moving down? And why don't we live to 100? Because our lifestyles. I mean, we're eating things that nobody would ever think of it. If you told my grandfather that you were going to spray Raid on his apple before you, he ate it, he'd punch you in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd say, you're out of your mind. But all of you elite educated folks, you're out there at the market buying this stuff, thinking the University of Oregon or Harvard or Stanford is watching for it. The only one watching for you is you. You think your government's going to take care of you? You think these these institutions are paid for and bought by the very industries that manipulate your life and make you sick? So this is a you know people've got to wake up. And I'm not I don't want to be political. I want to be factual. There's a difference. And sadly today, when you're factual, it's political because everything is bullshit out there. You're being given one lie after another lie. There's not a right and a left. They're all out of their minds. Yes. Uh, they're, they're telling you, by the way, uh, what's good for you, and it's absolutely bad for you. You know, we've reduced your, your minds to such a point, you think the resolution for illness is a pill. You have to be goofy to think that. I mean, how about you just ate hamburgers three a day for the last 20 years? How about if you're drinking booze every day? And, you know, people... Go to doctors, I hear it every single day. I've heard it for since 1970s. And they're being told, we don't know what's wrong, but you're getting old. Now, can you imagine a doctor saying you get old age disease? There's no such thing as old age disease. Uh, I, I was lucky. I talked my way into an expedition one time in Peru that uh, literally visited a tribe of people that were commonly living above 100. And 
I watched it and I, I, it, was like, it was like better than a Disney film because it was living color. This was really, I was right there. And these people were, were honest to God, they were acting like teenagers at 105. And the joy factor and the laughing, I didn't understand a word they said, but the feeling of love and equality and support and harmony and the respect they had for the children and the honor they had for the women. It was not secondary the women and all of this nonsense. You know, that's normal people, but we call them savages. We call them uncouth. And look at us. What culture is more savage than we are today? They have you locked down. They have you worried about a, a, a bug that's not even killing as many people as a normal flu kills. They're destroying the economy of the world. And they're literally getting you sicker than you were before this damn thing. Because when you lock up, watch Netflix all day and eat crap, you're going to walk out of there as I see people that either double the size with triple the disease. Yeah, it's, it's getting kind of, it's getting kind of crazy. Um, I just think that's a real testament that, you know, you've raised your children never got sick. Like, so if that's the case, maybe somebody that's, has kids would want to take a look at that. Like what's he, what's him and Anna Maria doing? How did they, how did they pull that off? What are they eating? What are they? And it's really not that hard. You're just, you're eating purified water and you're feeding your kids fresh foods. Well, the hard part of that is that people are addicts themselves. And I know really nice people, good people, solid human beings that really do love at the limitation of love that they can give. But and, and this almost makes me cry because I never really thought much about Downey Jr. as an actor. And then I saw a wonderful film. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's called Chaplin. And after that film, I realized this is one of the most brilliant young actors we have today. And shortly after I saw him uh, interviewed by a very bright interviewer, I even forget the name of the man. And he said to him, at a very tender moment, uh, you have an addiction problem, which by the way, he no longer has, but you have an addiction problem. And when was the first time you took a drug? And he paused and said, my father gave me one when I was five. Well, guess what? Your mother gave you sugar. Your mother gave you chemical food. Your father gave you soda. And don't think these aren't drugs. In my book, Sweet Disease, I describe how we scientifically, from Princeton as an example, know that sugar is 30 times more addictive than cocaine. Now, I never took cocaine, but people I know that did said one time, two times, makes you feel heroic, you want to take it. Yeah. So, I mean, I know the hardest, even though I loved meat the day I gave it up, I gave it up. Loved dairy, gave it up. Took me 35 years to give up sugar. I would just rename the sugar. I was, you know, eating 10 mangoes at a sitting. I was eating 30 pound watermelons, you know, smoothies. Oh, those smoothies are great. You can get 10 pounds of sugar in those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that actually the, did you put that in your book where the, did you show like the molecular structure of cocaine and sugar and how it's almost identical? Yeah. It's amazing. Isn't it right? It's really crazy. But we had mommies and grandmas handing it out. So it's oh, no big deal. It's okay. But you know, we help our clients, you know, clean out their gut and, and, you know, and balance their blood sugars and they get off the sugars and all of a sudden their life comes back. Well, we'll get back to your original question. So wouldn't a parent want to help? Wouldn't a parent want to mimic a family that basically has healthy and sane and happy and functional children? 
Yes, but if they're addicts themselves, even if they're good loving people, they can't make that leap because they are stuck in that paradigm of addictive lifestyle. Yeah, you know, and I've got, a, I've got a story for that. We actually, and you might remember this gal, um, I'll, I'll, we'll just call her Sally I, to, for privacy or whatever, but she got diagnosed with uh, lymphoma. And um, she actually came, heard about us and came to one of our raw living food dinner classes, came, met, everything's great. She's like, yeah, I want to do this. I've got to do anything I can to heal. She got started, get the wheatgrass and all this stuff. She went to her um, oncologist is like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this wheatgrass and these sprouts. He's like, no, don't do it. We're putting you on chemo and that's going to knock your immune system down. And the E. coli, you could get E. coli and salmonella from the wheatgrass and sprouts and that could kill you. So don't do it. So she's like, yeah, I can't do the sprouts and all that. So she went through that whole monkey show, did the chemo, did the radiation, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden um, she calls me up on the phone and she's like, Tim, the doctors don't have anything more for me. I'm on my way over to see you right now. It's like nine, nine thirty at night. I'm just like, um, okay. And I'm still a financial advisor at the time, but I'm doing these classes. And you know, I was speaking all over the place, trying to get the word out. And she shows up, opens the door and I look at her. And I didn't even recognize her, Brian. She looked like she'd come from Auschwitz. Actually, yeah. the radiation had taken all the um, uh, muscle uh, control from her face. And her, 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 actually, her bottom lip kept falling down. She had to keep pushing up her bottom lip and like holding it. Her husband's behind her white as a ghost because the doctor just said, go home and put your affairs in order. And she's like, I need to heal. Um, the doctors don't have anything for me. What do I do? And I'm like, okay, you need to do all this stuff. But I said, you really need to go to the Institute and get full immersion because you're right on the edge. And she's like, well, but I, if I'm going to die, I want to be around my family. I said, but you just told me you want to live. That's why you're here. So if you want to live, you need to get on a plane and go so take your family with you. You know, you're asking me for help. This is what I'm trying to share with you. So long story short, she goes to Hippocrates. Uh, I don't know if you remember her, but I can't even say her name. But anyway, um, she was at, uh, she also went to the family down to Orlando to Disney World. And you know those splash mountain rides where everybody's like, ah, well, yeah. she still couldn't move her face. So she's like, she didn't, her face didn't, like everybody else is screaming. She was probably scared inside, but there was no reaction on her face because she'd lost all of her muscles in her face. So anyway, she comes back, like gets into this lifestyle, like wants to become a raw food chef, heals herself. Yeah. literally heals herself. And I remember taking food over to her for a couple of weeks before she'd get to Hippocrates. I gave her all my sprouts, all my wheatgrass so she could have it. And she's healing herself. And this is fantastic. And then she calls me up. She's like, Oh, the doctors called me and they wanted me to, and I, I called the doctors and told them what was going on. And they called me back and I'm, I'm, I'm I went in to see them and I'm like, Oh, but they were surprised <laughs> to see you and everything. She's like, yeah. And then one doctor's like, I can't believe you're still alive. This is fantastic. We need to get you on chemo immediately. Exactly. And then I was like, well, what a, what a, that of course you weren't going to do it. And she's like, oh no, I, I'm, I'm doing it. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? She's like, I have to do everything I can to heal Tim. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, this is crazy. She went through that, but still was on the lifestyle was fine. But here's the point. After all of that, her husband and the kids, they didn't change their diet. So she had to make their food and her food. And then eventually she got well, and then she's like slowly started drifting back into the pizzas and the burgers and the cakes and uh -huh. stuff. And then the cancer came back and then it was, there was nothing she could do. And then she, and then you know, she tried the lifestyle again, but it was, it was too much and she died. Now the other point was, is that the husband 
even though watching his wife go through this and seeing her heal, he was, he didn't change. He didn't change. And then at the very end, he's like, yeah, well, you know, she, she was lost. There was no really support there because like you were saying, imagine that he was so addicted and so conditioned that even in front of his face and seeing his wife heal, he still wasn't able to make his own changes. Oh, yeah. You and I were the same, Tim. You and I were the same. Until, until light comes to you, you're in the dark. And you can't blame people. You just have to hope. You have to hope that people come back to their humanity at some point. Yeah. And, you know, it really is sad. I mean, I went to a, over at Trump's place about seven or eight years ago. We went to a, a big event that was put on by Anderson, one of these major hospitals. I mean, mm -hmm. if you ran as fast as you could, it takes you 30 minutes to get from one side of Anderson's buildings to the other. And it was ironic that the, one of the Koch brothers sponsored this event and another family, and they put the pictures of them up and said, in the memory of this woman who went to Anderson, we're supporting this, and the whole thing was a ploy to get more money from the very rich people who live here on Palm Beach. And I said, isn't that ironic? The woman goes there, gets treatment, and dies, and the family put a million bucks into supporting the place that did that. I mean, yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I just, I just don't get it. People are so detached from anything but their small-mindedness, their small life, that they don't see the bigger picture that goes on. When they get sick, they think a doctor is going to fix it. When they get emotional, they think a psychiatrist is going to fix it. Just like when my car breaks down, I'm completely impotent. So I go to the mechanic. But you can't be impotent with your mind and your body. You've got to be in charge of that. Nobody's going to fix it as you can or as well as you can that's for sure i mean we can ask for help from doctors or hippocrates but we've got to be awakened to understand why and the consequence not because you're frightened not to do it but you're frightened if you don't do it that's where we have to get yeah good point man so what does dr clement do for fun i know you're a drummer and you like scuba diving yeah, well, we had a we had a beautiful uh, night last night. We played music for two hours. The Wheatgrass Band here. I ski. I come the out Wheatgrass the Band. That's yeah, awesome. Wheatgrass Band. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, I had it's fun. We bring pros in, but last night I brought one of my friends in who is a retired dentist, and the other one's a physicist working with quantum energy, and he's a saxophone player. Amazing, by the way. We had fun and. Yes, I do scuba dive. I love that. It takes you to a whole new world. I've been diving since 1956. I was a little boy. Uh, it was invented in 1949. My dad started in 51. And when I was a kid, he used to put it on my back and put me under the water. So I, I dove pretty much all over the world. And I ski. I go to Mount Bachelor in Oregon sometimes and I ski and all over the world I've skied. And, and most important, I spend time with my wife who I love and my family, and my family here, uh, the guests who come from all over the country, all over the world here at Hippocrates. That's what turns me on. So you're playing the drums, you're scuba diving, you're skiing. How old are you? I'm now 70 next year. Uh, 70. My, today I was at the gym lifting weights for three hours. I, that's one of my rituals three times a week. I do aerobic exercise seven days a week. You gotta stay active. If you keep running in the right direction, you get there one of these days. 
<laughs> you know, when I when I first moved down to Portland, um, I needed to get some money, so yeah. I got a jo- I got a couple of jobs real quick. I worked at a restaurant, and then I asked the manager, "Do you know have any other places I can get some work?" He's like, "Go talk to Gunter over at Fairlawn Good Samaritan Hospital. I think he might need some help." And I went over there, and he hired me as a secretary, and I got to work in a nursing home huh? for for four or five months as a secretary until I, I didn't need that job anymore. And there's dude, there's people in there in their 60s and 70s oh, that were just out of it they were all doped up on all these pills and uh, sedatives and um and you know that's what people believe they think that you know, i'm get old I'm, I'm you know doctor told me well you're getting older right. and they just have to accept it that's the way it is and you and i aren't accepting any of that crap. old people disease <laughs> yeah it's stupid i mean you're you'll be 70 and here here you are you're you know skiing down the hill scuba diving enjoying your life in fact, I was just listening to Dr. Uh, Shiva Ayadure, who you interviewed not too long ago, and he was talking about his grandfather working 16, 18 hours out in the fields yeah. until he was like 93. That's, no, 97, I think. He yeah, said. it's completely <laughs> shredded, muscles and shredded, and then he died. But until then, he was getting up and working 16. How many people in their 20s could work 16 to 18 hours? Today, no, outside you, in the years, field. years ago, everyone's saying, we don't want the immigrants, we don't want... And so they did a film. This is a very funny film. Uh, they went and they took the people they interviewed. And then two years later said, if you hate the immigrants and you don't, can you do the work they do? Absolutely. I can do that work better than anyone. I can do it twice as well as those little people. So they said, okay, they got a busload of them, went out to the fields. <laughs> it, it was like a comedy routine. I'm going to tell you by 10 o'clock in the morning, 100% of them quit. They were taking a smoking break every two minutes and they couldn't get out of their own way. And these little guys who were eating plant-based diets and muscles coming out from their head to their toe, they're working 10 hours a day, 12 days a week. Now people have uh, some kind of a crazy idea about themselves. We have an image here in America, sadly. We're the Americans of the 20th century, the early 20th century. We're not the same. We're pudgy weaklings at this point both emotionally and physically. And if we don't wake up, you're not going to have a country here, people. Yeah. We really, you know, we really need resistance. We need resistance. How do you build a muscle? You put resistance against it. How do you build, how do you build your mind? There's, you have resistance, things you have to deal with and overcome and grow. How do you rehabilitate the digestive tract? You put raw foods into it, creating the resistance because, you know, the fiber gets cooked. There's no resistance. It's mush. There's no resistance for the gut. It's everything is, is resistance and we need that. You need something to push against to get stronger. And it's the conveniences of normal modern day living, like you said, have made us very, very weak. And then on top of it, we have the chemical pollution and the 5G and all this other stuff on top of it. Well, just, know, remember, it's, it's pressure that makes diamonds, Tim. Yes. It's pressure that makes the most beautiful cherished stone in the world. And so it is good. It's not, it's not stress it's pressure and challenge and that's Mm -hmm. a different thing cool all right well we're going to take one more quick break and then when we get back um i have a couple questions for you um one um i want to get into COVID a little bit and kind of give some uh, people some ideas from your end of what they can do to boost their immune system i think that's really important because there's still a lot of people out there because now the mainstream media is like oh the second wave's coming They've been talking about this for a while. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Dr. Brian Clement from the Hippocrates Health Institute. (laughs) 
You want the absolute best for yourself, and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Okay, health heroes, Tim James here. I'm back with Dr. Brian Clement from the Hippocrates Health Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida. Brian, um, really having a great time here chatting with you today. It's good to catch up. Why don't we just jump into, like, what are, what do you what do you personally know about COVID, like the virus, where it was made, what's going on, the the spread rates, the death rates, and what you've seen with what mainstream media is telling you, and then what are what are the solutions people can do at home to boost immunity? Well, the National Institute of Health uh, actually funded uh, the studies to be done at the University of North Carolina, so. That was the epicenter of taking three viruses. They took a window of the HIV virus, uh, the covert virus, which is the common cold type of virus, and they mixed it with a SARS variety of viruses. And that triune uh, mutates and continues to mutate. So the virus that was in China literally has been long gone. So as it goes from person to person and environment to environment and ecological system, it changes. Uh, the U.S. government has a base here that also works with bioterrorism and literally part of it was done there. But when the Congress found out that the NIH was funding this, uh, the little gentleman, the Italian gentleman that you see on the news sitting next to your president. Fauci? Uh, yeah, Fauci. He was behind this. Uh, he literally asked Wuhan, so where this all came from, the Wuhan bio uh, laboratory to work with it. $314 million of your tax dollars, without you knowing it, by the way, if you're an American listening to me, uh, was given to the Wuhan laboratory that finalized this virus. Now they're going to tell you, oh, we tested it and it didn't come from there, but it did. And it was not, it didn't slip out the window there by mistake. Uh, this is dosed. And if you look at the pattern of this, epidemiologists that I've talked to basically tell me that you don't get viruses that spread in an equal way that you see this happening. It would go from one country to the next in a linear fashion. You don't have all countries in the world immediately touched by this. So just to give you a little insight to that, uh, way back at the beginning of this propaganda, they caught a Chinese gentleman who was at that point working at Harvard in a particular laboratory with 12 vials of this at the Logan Airport on his way back to Wuhan. Now that was documented and squashed immediately. Once you heard that on the news, within 24 hours, that was gone. As most of what you're hearing me say, like pandemic, 
which Machervik was a woman who worked with Fauci. And once she found a way to reverse what is called chronic fatigue syndrome, Epstein-Barr virus, they put her in jail and literally just got out of the gag order and has the courage as a great human being, as far as I'm concerned, great American to speak out about this. So all of this stuff's been going on. Uh, Fauci, by the way, three years before AIDS was announced, had a drug for AIDS. He was part of that. So these little worms, these little squirms uh, that sit next to your government officials on television uh, and don't think any of those people are legitimate. They're just talking heads and negative talking heads all work together and scheme these things. Wow. Yeah. So it, it blows my mind. It's like, why the hell is somebody making these weird ass viruses? And, and now it's like, it's pretty clear so they can sell you an, uh, an inoculation. And, yeah. Well, they and don't. But whatever else, what are, what are some of the steps that you're seeing? Just take a little sidebar here. What do you know that you've seen that's in inoculations, like in the okay. flu shot? What, what are some of the things that are harmful? Every vaccine in the world uh, basically has aluminum and mercury. Now, if you don't know what that means, people, just write down aluminum and mercury and later Google that. And the particular mercury they put in every single vaccine globally is an ethyl mercury. And you may want to tap into one of my friends and colleagues, Del Bigtree, D-E-L Big Tree, B-I-G-T-R-E-E. -E. He's the number one crusader against vaccines. He made two movies, Vexed 1, V-A-X-X-E-D, and Vexed 2. And that will show you what we're talking about so we don't elaborate on it. Yeah. Uh, it also has living bacteria in it living cells, human cells. Many, many, many of these have other people's cells in it. Uh, in the case of polio, where they propagandized that and said that it was a polio vaccine that was single-handedly uh, credited to wipe out polio, it also gave a rare form of brain cancer. Not in many cases, but in enough, it was targeted back to that. Uh, we also know that polio, when it's route, so it waned on its own. The vaccine may have helped in some small way. Uh, vaccines today are going to be given to everyone because back in 1986, 1987, uh, the pharmaceutical companies went to the U.S. government and said, we're going to get out of the vaccine business. And they, with very little knowledge, got really concerned because they thought vaccines were helping people. So they said, you can't do that, so we'll protect you. So by 1987, they started to make rules, and your Supreme Court, by the way, that at that point was half conservative and half liberal, voted so you cannot sue vaccine companies. So in the United States, you can sue the pharmaceutical companies for other kinds of medicines, but not vaccines. The next day, uh, the number one agenda for every vaccine, every pharmaceutical was to make vaccines. So now the average baby takes between 36 and 57 vaccines in the first days of their life. They have on track now 87 new vaccines they want to give. And I've read it. The plan is every five years throughout your life to vaccinate you. Now let's get, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm an educated guy that reads science and sticks with science. So 
What I'm going to tell you, this vaccine plan is to weed the population. And we're not sure if it's a fiasco that it's not killing as many people as they thought because they didn't do as good a job, or this is going to be a slow death. But the plan is called 2050 plan is to wipe out 50% of the world's population. And this is part of that scheme. And uh, your, your great American colleague from the Northwest there called Bill Gates, uh, or I should call him Presidente Bill Gates, has invested in seven different companies for vaccines. But the most grievous of all, uh, back in December, Anna Marie and I suspected something was about ready to bloom because MIT finalized an infrared technology so every single vaccine is going to be tagged with infrared so a doctor will just have to put a wand over your your arm to see if you've been vaccinated and what it is uh he's also going to put a chip in you so why they want you to fully vaccinate and most of you out there listening are so frightened you're already lining up for the vaccine and they want to chip you and there's I'm not a technological guy, so people tell me they can manipulate a lot and follow you like a, like a god, you know, watches you on this. So these are things we know. The ultimate plan we don't know, uh, but we do know that they're doing this intentionally. We do know that the CDC tells you today there's no higher death rate from flu this year than last year. We do know also since the 1980s, uh, they have had a slush fund of billions of American tax dollars to quiet people who have been hurt and killed by vaccines. The number one that they give money to are people with flu vaccines. So you know that. So what are they telling you they're making overnight that usually takes years is a flu vaccine. I'm telling you, listen closely to what I say, that this, the flu that was in Wuhan is not the flu that's here today, not the flu that's here in two months. It keeps morphing and mutating. So even if they made a vaccine, it wouldn't You're work. You're talking about COVID. COVID, no. Yeah. And even, even if you, by the way, uh, found a vaccine that worked for the COVID they tested, it wouldn't be applicable right away. And it would be filled with ethyl mercury and aluminum and living viruses and God knows what other poison that they put for the 2050 plan. Yeah, they're talking about nanoparticles too. That's right. So, you know, I remember looking at some of Dr. Richard Blaylock's work where he was discussing herd immunity versus um, natural herd immunity versus vaccine herd immunity. And he, and he, he made it really simple. He's like, you know, in natural herd immunity, we're exchanging viruses and bacteria back and forth, and that builds up our immune system. And then I learned from Dr. Shiva that when we're, our body takes in a virus and creates the necessary antibodies, it almost strengthens our immune, immune system like a thousand percent, making better. it ready for more virus or strains or variations of that virus to come in later, that's natural herd immunity. That's part of the resistance that we need to be strong, just like lifting weights we were talking about earlier or building the gut with raw foods. Now, the, the let, vaccine- Let me, let me add a, a caveat to that too, uh, because my son is at the top medical school in Europe in Stockholm. The epidemiologist said, wisely said, we're not gonna lock down. That's what they're after, herd immunity. Uh, here, we're not going to have herd immunity because we keep hiding people in. And the plan would be quite simple, but they don't want this. The White House and Congress doesn't want this. 
All they would have to do is say, we're going to now spend $100 million to fully test every American. And where do you do it? No big deal. Everywhere in the United States of America, they have schools. So you get doctors, nurses, volunteers. You could do it, Tim. You don't have to be a doctor. These test kits, every guest that comes here through our programs, test it before they come into the program. It takes 20 minutes. We test them. If you test positive, you go home, you stay home for 30 days, you come back 30 days. If you're tested and everyone else in your house is tested and you're fine, you come out. If not, this would wipe it out instantly, eminently. And, but they don't want this. The Fauci's and the Trump's administration and the Congress and everyone else wants exactly what we have going on now. Your insecurity makes you a really big target to manipulate. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that, that we really need that natural herd immunity. That, yep. So the, what, what uh, Blaylock said was that if vaccine herd immunity worked, then, cause like when, you, let's say natural herd immunity, a virus comes in, the body makes an antibodies and that's for life. You are now protected for life by the immune system. But if, if that's the case and vaccines work like that, then why do vaccines need booster shots? And why, when you take a flu vaccine, your chances of getting flu rise. Yes. And why does your immune system? Well, what we're doing is intentionally putting an unnatural infection in your body. So permanently you're gonna weaken your immune system. And, the opposite is true when the body biologically heals itself and strengthens itself. In this case, it weakens your overall immune system. So it was nice talking to you today. It was nice spending time with people all over the country, all over the world. Keep up your great work, Tim. Thanks, Brian. appreciate you coming on. And could you give like one last little tip uh, for people? Like what's the top thing that you would say that they need to do to get their health and their life going in the right direction if they're dealing with something? The number one way to get your health going is to believe that you deserve to have a life of joy, happiness, and thriving. You want to be thriving in your life. Number two, choose organic plant-based foods and as much uncooked organic plant-based foods as you can. Three, find fun and movement and exercise and communication and relationships. Don't tolerate being in a job that you hate. It will make you sick. Work on your marriage, work on your relationships. Be a good parent, be a good child. And if it doesn't work, change. <laughs> That's simple. <laughs> you know, you know you're, not, you're not in a cage. You're not in a position where you don't have control. So take that control or don't blame anyone else for what's happening. Be well and God bless everyone out there. Thanks a lot, Brian. All right, health heroes, that's it. We just had Dr. Brian Clement on. Um, for those of you listening around the world, uh, we want to thank you so much for tuning in, uh, leaving comments, um, sharing the message, um, rating, the, rating the, um, the podcast here. It's much appreciated. Um, We've had, um, I've got a whole bunch of uh, new people lined up. You guys are going to really like, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Dr. Brian Clement. Uh, we got into a lot of different stuff, but we really, I really wanted to focus on um, the COVID stuff and a lot of the things that he told us in the beginning about boosting the immune system, that is the answer. Okay. The immune system is the answer. It's always going to be the answer, whether it's a, a 
flu virus, uh, COVID virus, which might be a bacteria now. I've that 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 might be the case. So somebody's telling me it's not a it's not a virus. It could be a bacteria. That's why it's uh, uh, well anyway. It's another long story, but I'll find out. Well, that that might come out later that that COVID is not a virus. That's actually a bacteria. But um, uh, and flus and colds and all this stuff. Anything any harmful organisms that we're dealing with. We don't have to deal with it if we learn how to love ourselves and to boost our immune system. So again, thanks for all of you tuning in around the world. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And I will talk to you again real soon. Have a great day. Thanks for listening again to The Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James.